It's Friday, March 1st. Today's WBFO brief was recorded at around 8.30 in the morning. This is WBFO News. Flags on City of Buffalo buildings this morning are at half-staff as officials mark the one-year anniversary of the death of Jason Arnold, the firefighter who was killed battling a downtown structure fire. A short procession is planned for this morning at Engine 2 on Virginia Street, which served as home to Jason Arno. The procession will proceed to 745 Main Street, the site where Arno died. Members of the Arno family will join Mayor Buffalo, uh, Byron Brown and Fire Commissioner William Ronaldo at the ceremony. Gun violence rates remain high among black boys and young men. And on Thursday, the Buffalo Center for Health Equity convened a forum to address the issue. Erie County Medical Center lead hospital responder Willie Griffin says youth programs can help. We understand that growing up in the inner city here in Buffalo, it's real easy to find yourself in trouble. There's opportunities out here for them to, you know, find better ways to spend their time, improve their life, but they're not talked about enough or they don't have access to the resources to get to them programs. So we try to, you know, get them together speak on the resources, speak on the programs that's available to them, and let them know there's people out here that's willing to mentor them and help them navigate life. Griffin says he grew up on the streets of Buffalo and is committed to helping young people avoid street violence. And another Catholic parish will be closing its doors. WIVB reports an email from the Buffalo Diocese broke the news of the closing of St. Lawrence Parish on East Delavan Avenue. According to a statement, the decision was made because, quote, the untenable financial and sacramental condition of the parish. No action appears imminent on the cleanup of a concrete crushing site in Buffalo's Seneca Babcock neighborhood. WGRZ reports site owner Peter Battaglia told a court hearing Thursday that he is currently unable to fulfill an agreement with the state attorney general's office to clear the site and pay a $1 million fine. Battaglia said that a 2019 accident has left him permanently disabled and living with limited income. Neighbors say the site is rat infested and the source of several health issues. And the DEC wants to remind residents that the annual residential brush burn prohibition begins on March 16th and runs through early May. The WBFO Brief podcast is made possible by Canisius University. Join Canisius on Saturday, March 2nd for a Discovery Day event to learn how your high school student can prepare for college now. Register today at canisius.edu slash visit. Uh, a note from the Buffalo Bison. So they are also getting into the uh, Eclipse game uh, on Monday, April 8th. They're going to host a tol- total solar eclipse at Salem Field. According to the uh, Bison's press release here, they say the center line of the 2024 total solar eclipse is set to run through center field of Salem Field in Buffalo, New York, on that particular uh, Monday, April 8th. And with that, they're offering... Uh, what they're calling a free event. You can pick up tickets. It's general admission only at Salem Field box office. And uh, the first 2,000 fans through the gates on that day will receive a free pair of Eclipse viewing glasses. They're also going to have scientists there from uh, NASA as well. So fascinating part of uh, the anticipation of the upcoming Eclipse taking place at Sol- uh, Salem Field. Also coming up later today in South Buffalo, another one of those Fine trailblazing signs will be appearing. It's the unveiling of Mary Hennigan Way. It'll be uh, in honor of the former Buffalo Irish Center director. And coincidentally, they'll be uh, posting that sign just outside uh, the Irish Center on Abbott Road. It would have been Mary Hennigan's 78th birthday today. 
for Theater Talk on WBFO. I'm Anthony Chase. And I'm Peter Hall. And so, Peter, have you been to the theater lately? (laughs) Wow. There are about ten shows currently on stage. It's feast or famine. Yeah, I've seen five or six in just recent days. So we both saw Fauci and Kramer, the new play by Drew Fornarola at First Look Buffalo, which performs at the Canterbury Woods Performing Arts Center. And we both saw another local playwright, Kelly Copp's play, The Bowling Play, which is second generation down at Shea's Smith Theatre. Why don't we start there? Sounds good to me. The Bowling Play. Very Neil Simony, I thought, in the best possible way. The setup is that this guy has arranged a blind date, and to do it, he has told his bowling buddies he can't practice that night. So he goes earlier than usual to the bowling lanes. I guess it's all he knows how to do and invites the date there, not anticipating that his friends are going to show up anyway. And so his worlds collide. All his bowling buddies are at this date. And it's just a fantastic farce with all of these entrances and exits and all just beautifully timed. The play is directed by the playwright Kelly Copps' sister, Amy Chakiel, and they were completely in sync with one another. These guys are so well rehearsed, so practiced. Things overlap, including the uh uh-huh, uh-huh kinds of things. Actors can do that, but augmented by direction, and it is done exquisitely. The women in the show are also vivid. (laughs) Two contrasting dates. We won't explain. You'll just have to go see it. But he ends up with two dates. (laughs) Feast or famine. Poor guy. (laughs) And of course, that's just so delicious, keeping the two women apart. And his friends tease him and imply that they're going to mess this up. But in the end, they rally around and help him (laughs) get through this nightmare. (laughs) They do. Yeah. So that's the bowling play. Loved it. Now, Fauci and Kramer... This is about Dr. Anthony Fauci, who was ubiquitous on the television screens of America during the shutdown for the pandemic and after. And what Drew Fonarola, the playwright, has done is he recalls that Fauci served the same role during the AIDS crisis and that similarly people were frustrated with the slowness of the government in responding to this crisis And so he began to conceive a play about it and made the antagonist the playwright and gay activist Larry Kramer. So he puts the two of them together on stage with lots of documentary video footage and sound to fantasize a conversation between these two men in May 2020, the day after Larry Kramer dies. It's just so delicious. Larry Kramer comes back as a ghost. And Fauci keeps saying, why don't you just go back down or wherever you came from? <laughs> Leave me alone. Well, I had thought that, oh, has this play not missed its moment? The pandemic is over. But as I was watching, it was like, oh, no, this is very timely because it is how in a polarized political scene. People who seemingly are on opposite sides of an issue actually have some very important common goals. And how do you overcome that to get something done? And on the contrary, every person in America needs to see Fauci and Kramer. It is marvelously imbued with humor in ways that you would not expect. And I think you had the same impression. The production value is so high and the extra material, the projections, the historical clips. I thought, how can this show go on the road? But you say that that can all be packaged and and sold along with the play. It could be, sure. Whether they could package and send these formidable actors, Steve Jekyll as Dr. Fauci and Louis Koliakovo as Larry Kramer. Very, very good. (laughs) So the other show we both saw was Light Fantastic, played by Ike Holter. It is a horror comedy. 
tale of the supernatural. The thrills and chills are genuine. You jump out of your seat, but you also laugh heartily. Leah Burst plays the most odious woman in the world who calls the police because there's a noise in the house and she's just abusive to this cop who comes to help her. And it turns out the two of them have some history. They were in high school together, but it checks things out and leaves, of course, leaving Grace, played by Leah Burst, alone in an old house in rural Indiana at night. What could possibly go wrong? Yeah. <laughs> One of the best things I can say is on the night I went, my wife was indisposed and I said to her, we're going back. This is, as they say, a must-see. A must-see, yeah. Well, there is so much going on that you saw Betrayal, I'm going to it. I saw Grumpy Old Men, you're going to it. I saw Beautiful. So much going on that we will have to save them for next week. Check out the website. A full listings are there of all the plays, and there are many. For Theatre Talk on WBFO, I'm Peter Hall. And I'm Anthony Chase. Don't forget to like or subscribe so you can help others find this podcast. And if you love it, leave a review too. The WBFO Brief Podcast and the award-winning journalism of WBFO's news team are made possible by our members. Thank you for listening. 